0: This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station.
1: And of course, as we've been hearing on the news, and Rob was talking about it in the last half hour, our education minister reacting to, of course, one of the schools that has not followed through on coming up with a policy for the LGBTQ community. And uh, earlier today, David Egan holding that news conference, although it was very short on detail, because we have heard of a few schools now that did not meet the deadline that the education minister had asked for, that they were to submit their policy on how they were going to work with these students or make their schools a place that was a safe place, their LGBTQ policies. And we still don't know whether or not the education minister is going to maybe put some weight behind his words to the point where, as a reminder, these religious schools, yes, I know we've had lots of people say that's their right to be able to have their religious views. Uh, I completely agree. However, they do receive money from taxpayers, and it is publicly funded education. So when there is publicly funded education and policies that are supposed to be met, that's what's supposed to happen. We don't know yet if the minister is going so far as to say that funding will be pulled, if he's going to seek legal action. The fact we've seen a few schools now go by the actual deadline are we going to see more schools maybe dig in their heels and say we don't think that we should have to come up with such a policy i want to bring in my guest this half hour chris wells he's assistant professor faculty of education university of alberta institute for sexual minority studies and services chris how are you
0: Great. Thank you for having
1: me. Uh, Your initial reaction to the um, Independent Baptist Christian Education Society and its decision not to follow through on coming up with a policy for LGBTQ students.
0: Well, I think uh, their decision and the comments that come from the pastor um, really make it clear that they have no intention uh, of complying with the law of this province and uh, as such should be then facing the consequences. Um, We're talking about a very vulnerable population of young people in our society and uh, they have uh, the right to feel safe and protected in their schools.
1: When you say facing the consequences, uh, I'm not quite clear what the consequences are because I don't think we've heard the education minister say what really will happen if they don't have a policy in place.
0: I agree. The, the minister's uh, comments today were, were disappointing, and, and many would say that they were a weak response. I'm not sure how many more chances um, this school, uh, in particular, or other schools that have been dancing around uh, the minister's policy expectations, sh- should be given. You know, you either comply with the law or you t- or you don't, and you face the consequences. I don't know what a further inquiry is going to accomplish in this case. It it, it appears that the has said, uh, you know, his opinion stand and and he has no intention, inquiry or otherwise of complying.
1: And I almost wonder, because I know when Education Minister Egan was originally talking about this policy, it, it almost is, it, whenever anyone would say, well, what if a school doesn't follow through? What if a school doesn't come up with a policy? And Mr. Egan he, he didn't want to be confrontational, I can understand that. But he, he was almost saying, well, let's just see what happens. Uh, he had full confidence in Alberta schools, you know, and on and on and on. But I don't think that right from the get-go, he was firm enough in what would happen.
0: Well, many have argued um, that there should just be one policy that all school boards across the province have to comply with. You know, we're, we've already seen now um, just about over a year uh, the lengths that it's taken for schools um, to be able to create policies, the uneven nature of policies, and the fact that still some schools have no policies uh, at all. So, you know, it shouldn't matter what school you go to in this province as a young person to be very clear to know that you're going to be fully welcomed and supported in that environment.
1: Chris, can you give me an idea? Because as you say, we'd, maybe it would have been better just a standard policy, but the minister has allowed individual school boards to come up with their own policy. But can you give me an idea what some of those policies would contain uh, when, it, when it comes to LGBTQ students?
0: Sure, uh, and that's part of the the, the the challenge. The minister said create policies but didn't set any criteria on what should be contained in those policies or how they would then be evaluated and, and those policies still haven't been made available to the public. So. Myself with uh, Public Interest Alberta, we came up with uh, six criteria that are based in best practice and research to look at a sampling of policies and, and there are good models out there. So for example, Red Deer, a public and other school districts have uh, produced very excellent comprehensive policies that clearly outline, you know, how LGBTQ students, staff members and families will be supported in their school environment. So things, for example, like transgender students being able to use their bathrooms according to their lived gender identity or have, uh, you know, the correct pronouns uh, used in school or their student records changed, um, you know, staff training, things like curriculum that's inclusive and supportive. So this isn't rocket science. There's lots of research out there that shows the best practices. Um, So, you know, the question is, uh, what are schools waiting for?
1: You know what, it did become a bathroom issue, didn't it? When we first started talking about this over a year ago, that's sadly what it devolved to.
0: That, well, that was it, and it was the case of Edmonton Catholic Schools and, and uh, uh, you know, a 7-year-old uh, child being able to go to the bathroom according to their gender identity. And and a year later, Edmonton Catholic Schools has produced a worse policy uh, than they, they started with, and that was with, um, you know, tens of thousands of dollars being spent Um, through a special consultant that was hired by the minister and and arguably they've regressed, not uh, progressed. So, you know, really what isn't this inquiry going to do for this, um, you know, uh, private school that is perhaps the most vocal and flagrant in disregard of not only the minister's directive but human rights legislation in our province.
1: Chris, how did Edmonton Catholic School get worse? Give me an idea when you said the policy actually got worse.
0: It, it, well, it was it's so generic that it's almost meaningless, and in fact, you know they they have no specific mention of gay straight alliances, and the whole washroom issue isn't even addressed, so it's still unclear whether a transgender student in that school can uh, actively use the washroom uh, that they choose.
1: Do we have any idea how many students this applies to?
0: Well, generally the rule of thumb is about uh, 10%, 10%, 1 in 10 in society will be non-heterosexual and about 1% being uh, transgender. So um, you might say it's a a small uh, minority, but it's a very vulnerable minority. All of the research shows us that this is one of the groups most likely to face violence and discrimination, harassment and even take their own lives in our schools and society today, which is the whole reason why we need very specific and clear policies. You know, we've created policies and resources for Aboriginal communities, and rightly so, because we recognize, you know, the history of discrimination they face and the continued vulnerability. So, you know, we have models to learn from. The question is, why won't schools apply it to another vulnerable minority, in this case, LGBTQ students?
1: Chris, hold on. I just have to take a break, all right? You bet. Chris Wells, he is Assistant Professor, Faculty of Education, University of Alberta, Institute for Sexual Minority Studies and Services. And we are just talking to Chris in light of the fact that Education Minister David Egan says that a third party inquiry will um, be conducted into the Baptist School Society, which has said that they aren't going to follow the orders to have a policy for LGBTQ students in place. I'm Angela Cocott. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770 back after this. I'm Angela Cocott. You are listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770 and you are doing a fine job of texting on the new 403-974-8255. 403-974-8255 because we are saying goodbye to that other one. I don't even want to say the numbers. It'll just get you thinking of the numbers again. And we will get to a number of those texts as well. At the bottom of the hour, I'm going to open up the phone lines, 974-TALK, nine seven four eight two five five. But I just want to spend enough time here with my guest, Chris Wells, assistant professor, faculty of education, University of Alberta Institute for Sexual Minority Studies and Services. I got to shorten that up somehow, Chris. Uh, (laughs) let me know how you figure that out (laughs) i am kidding now but tell me chris the the significance because we were talking about one in ten and maybe a smaller number of that because i'm getting a number of texts and you know i'm not surprised it's back to the the bathroom but what a bathroom means to a person who identifies as transgender or is lgbtq tq
0: Yeah, well, it means certainly, you know, uh, validation and respect for, you know, who they are and how they uh, self-identify. And, you know, it also addresses, uh, you know, health. And safety concerns. Uh, you know, some of these young people they don't even uh, go to the bathroom in their schools because, you know, they're not allowed to go to the bathroom that aligns with their gender identity, or they don't feel safe going to the bathroom. So they, you know, they try to hold it as long as they can um, until they get home, and you know that uh, actually causes medical complications um, as well. And and it's just not the transgender students who benefit from uh, you know gender inclusive bathrooms, you know. There's, uh, bathrooms are often unsafe for uh, many students. So this is why we say that, um, you know, we should uh, be looking at uh, the way that we're building schools and, and the way that we retrofit schools to be inclusive for, for more people.
1: And I know we'll probably talk more about the bathroom issue when I say goodbye to you at 3.30, but I, I wanted to just touch on that part. I want to go back, though, to the GSAs, and, I, and I'm throwing around a lot of acronyms, and I remember even when we started this conversation a year ago, I'd have listeners saying, what do you mean, LG? LGBTQ, uh, GSA. So let's be clear with our acronyms. Tell me, LGBTQ, what it stands for?
0: Sure, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning students. That's the short acronym.
1: And GSA.
0: The Gay Straight Alliance or um, QSA, which is also Queer Straight Alliance, and so those are um, student-based clubs um, where um, students and teachers can come together to talk about sexual orientation, gender identity uh, issues in their schools.
1: Now, the last government, they thought they made the right decision in saying, "Yeah, we'll go ahead with GSAs." However, schools have to can have the. Have these clubs off school property? Correct. Was that what the the original, trying to um, allay the concerns of people in that community?
0: Right, that was one of the initial responses. And uh, certainly, um, you know, Albertans weren't happy with that. And uh, the Prentice government quickly uh, changed its opinion and and then uh, codified um, the ability of students to be able to have gay-street alliances and named them as such um, in their schools through um, passing uh, legislation.
1: Chris, that what, was built in. Yeah, that was built in, right. So for people who aren't familiar then with the, the GSA controversy... It, it was an opportunity to, just to have a club, correct, of like-minded just, kids.
0: Exactly. Just like the chess club or the music club or the drama club, it was a club focused on sexual orientation and gender identity in schools to create a safe space for gay, straight students to come together and uh, take a stand uh, against uh, homophobia and transphobia or just a safe space to even just eat your lunch. Uh,
1: Now, of course, I'm also getting a lot of texts, people saying these are religious schools. They have their own religious doctrines. Why is the government forcing them to not believe in something they already believe in?
0: Well, and I think you, you addressed that issue squarely at the beginning of the show. The fact is, yes, they are religious schools, but they do receive public funding. And the moment you receive one taxpayer dollar, you're beholden to the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms and human rights legislation that says you cannot discriminate on the grounds of sexual orientation and gender uh, identity. So, you know, if you don't like the law, then don't take the funding is uh, the the simple answer and create, uh, you know, your own schools. Um, But, uh, you know, it's the same as, uh, you know, the marriage equality arguments. Marriage is a public institution. You can't discriminate and say this group has the right to get married and this group doesn't. This group has the right to have a student club and this group doesn't.
1: Yeah. I wonder if, what have you seen in the past year as this has become top of mind, it's become a, a bigger conversation? Has this been a positive for, for kids in that community or has it been a negative?
0: Oh, I think it's been a great, great positive. Um, You know, in fact, the vast majority of schools um, have been producing, uh, you know, good policies. They've been engaged in professional development. Um, You know, they've been uh, starting Gay-Straight Alliances. Uh, They've been um, supporting their staff members and welcoming LGBTQ families. Um, It's just uh, still a few uh, resistant uh, school districts, and in particular individuals um, within those districts, that... that um, uh, do not want to do this work and I think still largely do see this as an issue of religion and morality and and sitting in judgment over others rather than uh, about um, health and safety in schools that should include everyone regardless of how they identify. You know, supporting LGBTQ students doesn't take away, you know, the rights of uh, any other students. It increases, um, you know, safety and inclusion in our schools.
1: You mentioned that Edmonton Catholic School, their policy probably went from bad to worse. You did say, though, Red Deer's public system, is that the one that you said, was, did a great job of coming up with a policy?
0: Yeah and uh that's sort of what we said was an A plus uh policy a good uh, template for others to follow because you know it was engaged in a in a process of consultation it's very detailed and specific in terms of what the responsibilities of schools uh are and you know it doesn't uh leave it up to any guesswork and it shows that the district is firmly Um, behind um, supporting uh, all students and staff, no matter how they identify. And that includes, you know, on the grounds of sexual orientation and gender identity.
1: Chris, I appreciate your time on this.
0: Um, No problem. I'm sure it's not the the last conversation
1: we'll be having. No, I don't think so, unfortunately. All right. Chris Wells, Assistant Professor, Faculty of Education, University of Alberta Institute for Sexual Minority Studies.
0: Calgary Today with Angela Cocott weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.